0: Welcome to the Second Success Podcast by Dr Rakish Rana, The Clear Coach. Getting clear on the mindset for repeatable success.
1: Hello and welcome to the Second Success Podcast. I'm Dr Rakish Rana, The Clear Coach. You will have to excuse me and my sniffles, uh, the hay fever has really got to me, so uh, even though I'm dosed up on uh, antihistamine and uh, beckon spray, uh, the occasional sniffle will probably still be there. So as a reminder, this is the Second Success Podcast, and if you've come across it by accident, please do stay and give it a listen. You may find it quite enjoyable. Not necessarily what I have to say, but definitely what my guests have to say. They talk about their success, some of the challenges they've overcome, and the mindset that they use to achieve their multiple successes. And talking of guests, today's guest is a very good friend of mine, Chris Desai of Vayu. Uh, He's going to come on and talk about his success. And actually, realising success from his failures. So this is going to be an interesting one for those of you listening in. And please do follow and subscribe to the podcast on your favourite podcast streaming platform as I will have plenty more guests coming on. As I mentioned, Chris Desai, he's the founder of Vayu and the Vayu Foundation. He was uh, born in Leicester to an English ballerina mother and a political refugee Indian father. He grew up in a multicultural working class environment, being exposed to Eastern and Western cultures both at home and abroad. Chris's fascination of the natural world and exploration allowed him to quickly excel at activities like hiking, flying, sailing and more recently diving. His creative talents also developed in his early years to include literature, poetry and singing which was nurtured by his mother. Through the amalgamation of these interests and culture he continued recording music and writing and found himself signed to a global music label in London by the age of 21. Shortly after this music career began he also entered the clothing world and he developed a love for high fashion and textile design. After a highly successful stint in the music and fashion industry, he returned to his first love, which was nature, and it allowed him to create an organic, sustainable and ethical fashion apparel brand, Vayu, which was awarded the second most ethical brand in the United Kingdom, and established a registered environmental charity called the Vayu Foundation, which now has projects in over 21 countries. Let's hear how he gained his success from understanding what he didn't like and what he didn't want to do. Hello Chris, and welcome to the Second Success Podcast.
0: Hi, it's good to be here.
1: Thank you, thank you. Um, Chris, we've known each other, what, a couple of years now, is it? Has it, it been two years?
0: Yeah, a of, Yeah, wow. two years.
1: Seems like a lifetime, though, doesn't it?
0: It really does, actually. It, it completely does. In a good
1: way, in a good way. And I guess what I've seen over those past two years is the growth and your involvement in your second success, But before we get on to that, I mean, second success being value. but before we get on to that, I want to go back to your first success. And I want you to describe to the listeners, I mean, you've worked in uh, uh, high retail fashion. What was it like? What got you into it? And what would you say were your big challenges that really motivated you to go on and succeed?
0: Um, So to be honest, it's one of those things that I didn't really choose it. And I think with anything, I think people are naturally... (laughs) positioned or dispositioned you know to 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 fall into certain things and with with myself it was very much that the opportunity arose when I was um when I was quite young that you know that I was basically thrown into the world of fashion and it was just kind of I'm, I'm a very um I'm a very like logical person so I like processes and I think the thing with fashion that even though people think fashion is you know it's creative it's this it's that you know that there's no logic behind it i mean there completely is because Mm -hmm. just being creative is one of the logical things behind a successful Mm -hmm. fashion brand it's just a small stage in a lot of steps so what i what i I was very fortunate that actually you know i started right at the bottom of the chain um and the company that i was employed by firstly i was their first employee um they actually didn't have any money to pay me which was (laughs) quite interesting And, you know, I was young and I said, you know what? And they literally said to me, you know, you kind of need to earn your wage, but all we'll back pay you. And, you know, I kind of believed in not particularly the company, but I believed in myself Mm -hmm. and the ability that I would make something of it. So, yeah, I I got I got thrust into multiple roles from being a designer, from being a salesman, from being a merchandiser, from being, you know, the auditor to, to, to all of these different hats that, you know, I kind of, was, was was put on my head. And through that, I would say is kind of what developed my character, developed my career. And that's actually, you know, I don't think it's it was particularly a success. It was actually a great way to learn what I wasn't good at. Okay. So <laughs> I think that's that's what kind of came out of it. That I realized, you know, there's certain things that I'm I'm not good at. So that's what, what I did is then I managed to find ways around it. You know, I made mm-hmm. things easy for myself. Okay. You know, we all say that if you, if you, or, you know, I think I was talking about um, quantum physics and science that if you can't explain to someone in 30 seconds, what you do, you don't fully understand.
1: I'd agree with that. You don't need a two minute elevator pitch, do you? It's got to be said in as few words as possible.
0: Yeah. And, and that's it. You know, it's like layman's terms in that respect. So that's what it was I just developed over years and years and years um, into different roles into different people and it, it formed my personality my work ethic and I think when you're when you're you know doing something by yourself you don't really have any standards to measure yourself by mm-hmm. because you don't know what's you know the industry standard you kind of just you're, you're guessing yeah. And it was actually, you know, some things I realised actually I've overachieved that and I did really well at and there was big areas that I completely underachieved and I went, oh my gosh, this is, uh, you know, very poor performance and, and that's what it was. So to, I think the first success came from, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours of trial and error and believing in yourself actually, you know, that, you know, even when you don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> you know, to present you do. Um, and and to, to say things that you then have to promise and fulfil, you know.
1: Well, the thing is, and I guess that we we see this a lot. And I know when I coach my clients, sometimes I, I do say to them, it's a case of trial and error. A lot of the people who want success are are fearful of it because they're they're scared of that failure. They don't want to try something because they need it to be right straight away. And obviously knowing you, I know you don't shirk from a challenge, but uh, so all these challenges, you know, the failures that you've learned from, I mean, that's a, you know, that's a growth mindset straight away. Is that something that you've always had as a kid or something that you developed as you worked? Um, to be honest, I think
0: it's quite a natural thing for me. Um, I was that child that, you know, if I saw a tree and I wanted to climb it, but there wasn't any low branches, I was stacking things against the tree to get up there. You know, I, I'd never take no for an answer. When people say, "Oh, you can't do that," I don't know. Maybe it was the kind of, you know, the, I think sometimes it's ego, maybe. Uh, but something used to drive me to say, actually, yes, I can. Yeah. You know, and then and then obviously, you know, I, you learn the hard way by doing that. Um, <laughs> but I think you know, I don't. I'm, I'm grateful that I have that kind of personality trait, okay. and I have developed it. You know, and I mean even with yourself, you know, I've massively expanded and developed on these base characteristics that are there, yeah. but they're only actually operating at 10%, mm-hmm. you know, and, and working with yourself, I've managed to make those areas operate maybe at 50%. And it's about understanding that even now, you know, with with, with the success that I've had in the fashion industry, the success I've had with my own brand, and um, things like that, to understand that this is actually not the destination. This is a mini success mm. on, on a very long book. It's just one chapter of value yeah. and it will continue to expand. So it's about realizing that your potential is far greater than you even know that's possible.
1: Of course, of course. I, I, and I say this to a lot of my clients, they come to me with wanting to work on goals, but you know, you don't know what you don't know. So you're, the goal that you're looking at is the ceiling that you've created for yourself. The more you learn, the more you see out there, the bigger your goals become
0: of course and i think it's very important you know i have a lot of friends around me and colleagues that say you know you should have a vision board and have you know a destination mm. and i agree with having a vision board and things like that and, and having plans mm. but for me especially with value that there is no destination yeah. i think i would be doing a disadvantage to the brand by putting a destination there yeah because actually value i don't class as uh uh, you know just as a brand it's an entity it's ever evolving ever morphing mm. so for me to say oh it's just fashion well mm. then i'd be limiting the the potentiality of what it could become
1: and that's talking about your brand what about you as an individual then are you tied in that closely with value because obviously you're a parent uh, um you know you're a sibling how does it impact everything else as well so it's, it's that professional growth with value but what about that personal development as a human
0: I think as a human you know we all I think without proper knowledge and training and advice we just go what feels right to us Mm -hmm. and you know and I think that's where you see a lot of people fail because you know it's like there's no book in life you know you don't get Mm -hmm. given a book at birth saying this is how you operate this Mm -hmm. is how to be a human you know and that's the beautiful thing about it so I think I'm ever evolving I think that you know, having a work-life balance is something, you know, that I never had before. You know, I think I, I have a tendency to to try and be that overachiever in that respect and to put all the hours under the sun. I mean, you know that yourself, you know, I was, I'll message you at four o'clock in the morning probably. You know? <laughs> and actually, you know, I think through, through your coaching, I really have developed a, a home-life balance. You know, I'm, I'm a better husband, I'm a better brother, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a better son so i'm um, you know i think being an entrepreneur is far more than what people think yeah, they course. think that it's just about business and it's not it's about your personality your mindset you know oh. and actually what does success look like to you if success is only monetary then you're not an entrepreneur to me an entrepreneur is more than that it's actually someone that can facilitate you know change someone that can actually bring growth from nothing. It's someone that actually is dynamic and ever-changing and, and has that imbalance with who they are as a human being, as a soul, as an energy.
1: I like hearing you say that because I'm hoping some of that was my influence, but I don't know. <laughs> I think,
0: to be honest, to be honest uh, Dr. Rakish, I think it's, I'm going to say 60 to 70% of that is is, is through your coaching. It's um, oh, good to hear. It's something Thank that you. I didn't put value on before you know i think I, I didn't see the value in it i didn't put it on i just i was being that entrepreneur you know that that mm. just uh i look at figures i look I do, at do. Well, exactly
1: and, and and that's how a lot of people do live and and you know what short term i think is great you know you want to accelerate growth somewhere uh, for sure short term is fine but what you do find it's not sustainable uh, it, in the long term it will only damage relationships personal health fitness, whatever it is. And, 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 the business. and the business, exactly. Because then if you're not looking after yourself, the business won't. So, and, and that does happen. So, you know, you've, you've this drive that you've got, you know, especially from a young age, from proving others wrong and proving, you know, <laughs> the, the, the rule book wrong, let's say, you know, you had a successful, what was it, decade, I think you, you mentioned in, in, in yeah. fashion and retail. And then you took that break. And, you know, the yeah. opportunity came and you took that break. How long were you off for before you, before we step into the value brand? But how long were you off for and what were you doing? So I was,
0: I was in the industry for 11 years. Mm-hmm. And then I took, I took six months at sea and there was about a month either side. Um, so ultimately I took about eight, eight months off mm-hmm. um, to really refocus. You know, I was, I, I was that, you know, that person, I was just that achiever and it was very much you know i was just i was very much um what's the word to say you know it was kind of that i was deceived by mm-hmm. what i thought was success and it got to the point where you know i was i was art director for a multinational company mm-hmm. there was, you know i was running the offices in the uk um you know we had twenty thousand people in our supply chain and things like that mm-hmm. and it was just very much that you know for me i thought that was success Mm-hmm. But I was actually deceiving myself until it got to the point where, you know, you can't look at yourself in the mirror. It's mm-hmm. really one of those. And then you you say to yourself, you know, I'm living in an amazing apartment. You know, I'm living the life of my my dreams. I've got the mm-hmm. money, I've got this. But there was absolutely no value in my life because it, it's so fickle, all mm-hmm. of it. It's so mm-hmm. fickle. And I think, yeah, taking that break out that I did... I just, you know, I, I mean, it was the first month was the hardest. Yeah, just to, to sit there and actually say, you know, what, what, what is going to make me happy? Where do I want to go in life? You know, yeah. you, I, I, I had put a ceiling on my career. And I think the ceiling was there because there was no higher up the chain I could go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There there wasn't anyone above me. There was no promotion I could have got.
1: But Chris, but is that also down to, do you think, the people that you're around and their aspirations? Because, you know, we we hear about this, you know, you're the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. But it's and again, we don't know what we don't know. So was it a case of that groupthink mentality? You look at others, you see what ceilings could you not see beyond that? Or what was it?
0: Do you know what I think it was? I think coming from my background, mm-hmm. you know, like my father was a, a political refugee mm-hmm. in that respect. Uh, obviously coming from Uganda, you know, <laughs> um, with the whole Idi our main kind of campaign, things like that, you know, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, growing up obviously in a very, a very poor environment, mm-hmm. you know, I think I always said to myself that I would never allow myself to be in that situation again. Mm-hmm. So that was the limit that I put on myself. I said, I won't go below here, Mm. but by doing that, I was comfortable with the money I was earning, the life I was living, because I said, you know what? I'm doing better than I I came from, you know? And actually, that I limited myself. I really did. And when you talk about surrounding yourself with people, I didn't have anyone to surround myself with. Because actually, I was doing, you know, six in the morning till... You know, probably two in the morning the next day. Every single day at the office, sleeping. You know, three four hours and going back. You know, international flights every single week, two three flights a week. And I didn't have a team. I didn't surround myself with anyone. It Mm -hmm. was only me and the and the business.
1: So myself and I.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me myself and I. And and that's a very dangerous situation not to solicit feedback from people and. You know, it's, it, it, I think it doesn't help when other people look at you and they go, Oh my gosh, he's successful. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's, it's a complete deception because what is success to you? Mm. You know, I was not successful. I can honestly say that in, in, in every level because I wasn't happy.
1: I, I completely agree. I, you know, having grown up, uh you know a lot of success i would relate to wealth and you know what people had it took a, a while for me to realize well actually you can have a lot of wealth but you can be the most unhappiest person on earth and i've seen that I've, I've seen people around me that are very wealthy but unhappy and i would never swap my lives with them so for me and i guess that's why they got into coaching and the people i coach i coach successful people wealthy people affluent people but more around, actually, okay, growing their success, growing their wealth, growing their whatever it is they want to grow, but in harmony with their life, in balance, and with direction and purpose as well. Because actually, that's what's going to give them the happiness. It's not more and more material possessions.
0: Oh, I do. You know I hundred percent agree. I think if if someone's promoting coaching and things in a service that is is purely monetary and financial, do you know what? I I, I doubt their integrity. Mm. because actually that's not coaching you mm-hmm. know and and people think you know oh well why would you need to coach people that are high achievers because actually they're the exact people that need the coaching no, you yeah, know it's if someone that has no ambition to start a business coaching would be wasted in that respect because they don't have that drive in the first place yeah, you know it's about having that that little bit of kindling that fire yeah and then you know with with with, with yourselves about actually putting on you know that that rocket fuel <laughs> well, know, coaching is hard I
1: don't and I don't say that and I say this to people as well that you know if you got to commit to the process and you know I'll call people up if I don't think that they're committing to the process because it requires change it requires you know some angst and energy and you know you can't just walk your way through it you know there's a requirement to transform but you know that's them okay so look you took your time out and you were inspired and you were inspired to create Vayu. Let's bring us up to speed with Vayu. What is it, what does it do? And what's the bigger picture in terms of the Vayu Foundation?
0: So Vayu came about from literally when I was on a yacht sailing across the Cornish coast. And it was very much that I'd been in the city, living in central London for all of these years. And you know, my passion was nature, my passion sailing. I've never felt so much peace than when I'm in nature. And I just, you know, I used to go on holidays all the time. Every weekend I'd escape to the coast just because it is my bit of happiness. And the fact that we we believe that we need to kind of, you know, work these awful jobs to then reward ourselves only, you know, mm. 2% of the time is ridiculous. And I think that's what it was. So when I set Vayu up, Vayu came to me during when I was, I was meditating. And I didn't know what it meant. I just heard the word in my mind. I, I actually thought someone spoke the word. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that clear. And it was just so, so clear to me that from, from that moment, I knew this is what I want to do. And I knew that, you know, I'm going to work with who I am, my personality traits. I'm going to work with what I know. Mm-hmm. You know, I love fashion. I love I love fashion because you get to express yourself. Mm-hmm. you know it's all about expression and i think you know the the very nature of god actually is is expression you know it's about creating so it allowed me to be that creative person but leave no footprint you know allowed it allowed me to actually then think how can i take this this wealth this monetary value that's going to come from value and reinvest it into society how can i be circular you know how can i be sustainable you know the aspiration to be to be rich and to be you know a billionaire and all these things it really doesn't appeal to me anymore mm. you know and i'm the first one to say yeah when i was 21 years old i'm looking at you know richard branson warren buffett <laughs> you know saying alan sugar i want to be like these guys you know i want to be the successful because i mm. wasn't i didn't have the knowledge of what actually being successful
1: was but chris just pause you there none of these people set out to be Successful. They set out to do what they enjoy. They set out to, you know, fix problems, fix issues and do something. Mm -hmm. And actually, by doing it and building upon it, building upon it, do you know what? Everybody sees them as huge successes. And that's all they see. They don't see what they did it for, actually.
0: Yeah, no, completely. And I think that's what it's a natural progression. And that's what's happened with value. You know, I, I set up an organic, sustainable, ethical brand. And I mean, you know, within the first year, we got Ranked as the second most ethical company in the United Kingdom, and actually since then, four years in a row, we've ranked the second most ethical company in the United Kingdom. So, you know, and 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 that it wasn't the goal to be awarded things; it wasn't the goal to be rewarded. It was just actually the goal was to do the right thing. You know, to create a solution from fast fashion, which I was involved heavily for for many many years. So actually, you know, by retraining, you know, my mentality and actually giving the public an option to be sustainable. You know, that was the solution that, you know, by, you know, people don't realize, but, you know, per t-shirt, you know, you use, you know, hundreds and hundreds of liters of fresh drinking water, you know, in the production method. And I said, you know what, that could be clean water that someone in the world could need. So, Mm. you know, so we we made these systems, we created solutions, we use water vats and collect the monsoon rain instead. So nothing's coming off the grid. And, you know, all these different things just to be circular, sustainable. It was mm-hmm. a solution that just came about naturally. And I think from that, the next point of call was, you know, and, and I always repeat this to everyone, that sustainability is not enough. Mm. You know, being sustainable means you're not giving more than, you you know, you're not taking more than you're uh, giving, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just very much, you know, you're happy at that level. Yeah. And at the minute, the, the level the world is at is a poor, poor state of uh, you know of affairs mm-hmm. so we're not happy at being sustainable sustainable should be in sustainability should be inherent
1: mm-hmm. not a
0: usp not yeah. a usb it should be the standard in fact you know to treat a human ethically yeah. should be the standard you know behavior yeah. it should we shouldn't be rewarded for going oh my gosh we're ethical and sustainable yeah. well no actually that should be what's what's normal you know how could you ever treat a human being yeah. less than you know you treat yourself mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think for us, the, the, the value foundation that came about, you know, a year, it was only a year after I set the brand up,
1: yeah.
0: was a, an organic point of, point, uh, point of call, basically. So, but, you know, we then, just said how, So go
1: ahead. No, and I was going to say, and then obviously COVID hit last year, it obviously impacted your business as much as anybody else's, but actually that's where you took the opportunity to really grow the foundation.
0: Yeah, I just thought to myself, you know, it's, you have to learn from life. And I was very, very much, you know, we, we had just broken into retail mm. in December. I remember mm. calling you and telling you, you know, we've we got to 653 shops yeah. uh, across Europe, across, you know, three continents. And, um, you know, I'm celebrating, I'm jumping up. I'm like, you know, a year and a half of solid work. And finally, the first bit of reward, you know, we sold out everything. Mm. And, you know, this was January, so December and January. And then February, we started hearing these reports of COVID and it coming to England. And, and yeah. by March, we in a full down lockdown. Yeah. And and that was it. You know, it it kind of it kind of really made me think to myself that actually I I need to I need to reevaluate once again what yeah. is life about? What is the yeah. foundation about? What is the business about? And it, it did. It kind of um, it made me just say, do you know what? I'm going to take everything online. We're going to go digital. We can do that. But mm. also, you can't let a situation like that stop you. No. You know, it's ironic that I see a lot of charities out there. When COVID's hit, they've said, oh, we don't have the funding anymore. We can't do this. We can't do no. that. For me, I'm like, this is the time when the planet needs you more. You know, and yeah. and and yeah, you know, with very little funds, we actually managed to to create something incredible, which is the Uocean Project. Yeah. And after, you know, it's been 14 months we're in 21 countries, we've collected 45,000 kilos of, of, of ocean plastic and marine plastic from canals, rivers. Um, and it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, we've set up six new chapters in the last month and we've got six more chapters coming this month. Wow. Um, we've also partnered with 148 restaurants now. You know, it's just, we're really starting to, to gain momentum yeah. in a time actually where people are pulling back the reins. We're doing the opposite. We're putting more money into it, and we're saying, "Look, we're here to help the planet. This is when you need us."
1: I always, yeah. So I've always found that success comes from going in the opposite direction of where the mass crowd's going, because that's what's going to single you out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it. You know, a a good a good visualization of that is like, you know, an asteroid's going to hit a city, and everyone's on the freeway going one way, and actually, I'm driving. Yeah. against the crowd and 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 you know we did that with the business we did that with with the foundation we've gone against the grain continually to try and adapt to try and provide a solution to try you know and provide public benefit especially with a charity and you know we've achieved that
1: and chris one thing i've got to ask you is that you know you made that switch, you know, you, you've said in that first success, really, it wasn't a success, it was more of a a learning and what you didn't like, you know, learning from your failures. And, you you know, you've done really well with Vayu, and especially the foundation that's continuing to grow. What would you say your key mental attributes are? What would you say that you've really taken throughout this journey with you, that's holding you steadfast in, in this journey and keeping you going?
0: I think, do you know what, it, it's something that underpins you as a person and for me i've i've always said that you know anyone that knows me and and this means across the board in in personal in business that my word is my bond and whether these words are to other people or these are words to myself i stick to them and from a young age I, i you know i i believe words have a lot of power you know and i i made these these promises and words to myself and to people around me that i will do this for them Mm-hmm. I will do this for the planet. I will do this for myself. And I think, so what underpins everything is just the the belief in 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 helping humanity. I think, and if that, you know, helping my family, helping myself, helping my friends, helping, you know, the environment. I think we just need to really stop thinking what can we take from everyone and actually think what can we give everyone? And I think before my mentality, you know, up to four years ago was, what can I take? What can I get? Um, And, you know, I think I've realized as a a businessman, as a a husband, as, you know, a father, things like this. It's not about that. It really, really is about holding to your values, holding to your moral, holding to your personal integrity. Mm -hmm. And that actually is more valuable than gold. Yeah. So yeah. So that's what underpins it is my belief in myself and the belief in in being a better person and 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 achieving you know a better level of existence.
1: If I'm going to play that back right, it's it. What's coming out of there for me is uh, accountability, excellence, and integrity. So yeah, accountability, integrity, and excellence—three that really resonate. I think as as you were speaking there, I don't know if that's true. Does that hit right with you? I think, yeah. I think, to
0: be honest, those three things are what lacked in my life before.
1: Yeah. And I oh, think wow. those
0: three things is what actually drives me to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, no, completely. I, I completely agree with that. I think, I think you, you're spot on
1: I was going to say, that's why we get on so well, because those three are very strong for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's evident, I mean, in how successful you are. <laughs> oh, no, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so, you know, we, we're, we're coming up to now and, you know, 2021 started, you know, Vayu's still growing and it's great news. You know, the, the good thing is that you've had collaborations as well. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about it yet. and
0: I am today. Today is the launch. So please I am out tell us. there. So Vayu has collaborated with Peanuts, so oh. Snoopy and the gang. So um, it's the first time. I believe in history, if I'm not correct, if I'm correct, um, that actually, yeah, so Snoopy has has partnered with, with with a brand to solely promote the conservation of this planet. So actually, yeah, today is Earth Day, the 22nd. That's right. Yeah. And we've launched a an organic, sustainable and ethical range with peanuts um, where we're actually, we've got Woodstock, we've got, you know, Snoopy himself um, actually displaying these messages of, fight ocean plastics, recycle your bottles, recycle, reuse, repeat, you know, these kind of things. And it's the first time in history, you know, these these characters have came together with ourselves, you know, with, a, with, a, with a, an organic brand to promote the conservation of this planet. And this is part of a campaign that Peanuts are doing called the Take Care Campaign.
1: Um, and one
0: of their, their things is take care of the environment. So, you know, you're seeing fashion, retail, uh, characters, comics, this kind of thing now serving the planet to promote good you know to look after each other to look after the planet and it's it's so evident we've, we've came into a new world you know that we are living in a new world
1: I'm, I'm I'm really glad you know people are becoming more conscious definitely more aware uh not only that um sometimes people could say well as consumers we don't get the right choice so it's it's good that suppliers are now providing things where the consumer can choose to choose the right thing that they buy or purchase or whatever it is that they need to do with and you know that's a huge congratulations uh, on yourself because i know the hard work that you have put in to get this get this going <laughs> and um you know, and and not and only that. yeah and, and again with the uocean project as well that you're on the news recently as well you know talking about the the, the charity so you know kudos to you it's fantastic
0: Oh, thank you. And I appreciate it. Yeah, we've been on the BBC quite a lot in, in the last few weeks. So yeah, it's exciting times. We, we really are expanding. I mean, the impact that we're we're doing is going to be phenomenal globally.
1: So oh, that's brilliant. Chris, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on this podcast. What well, one thing is, you know, to get a small insight into your journey and and just to show people that, you know, to be successful, it doesn't mean material possessions. It doesn't mean going after that wealth, but actually to go after and help and do, give value and, and, and do things for others because you know what that's where the real happiness lies.
0: I completely agree.
1: Thank you very much for your time and I wish you all the best for the future.
0: Thank you Dr Akesh.
1: And that was my very good friend Chris Desai of Vayu and the Vayu Foundation. I'm always fascinated by failure failure is something or the fear of failure is something that uh, stops people in their tracks to really go on and achieve what it is that they want and it's unfortunate that a lot of people see failure as the opposite of success when in fact I always say that failure is the stepping stones to success and actually if you look at fail the word fail it's an acronym for a first attempt in learning and something I think everybody needs to remember that to embrace failure and to take it forward And today I'm going to do something a little bit different. I came across an article on failure and people that have been successful from their failures. So something different. I'm actually just going to read this article out. Um, Hopefully you'll find it engaging and interesting. I definitely did as I was going through it. And I will put a link to the article in my podcast description for those of you that may want to have a read of it yourself. So the article is called 10 Great Lessons Highly Successful People Have Learned From Failure. So number one, accept failure but keep trying. Michael Jordan once said that I can accept failure, everyone fails at something, but I can't accept not trying. Failure then becomes a means to an end rather than an end or end of itself. In other words, failure is part of the journey towards success. Everyone fails at one time or other. The courage part comes in continuing to try. Number 2. Continue forward in spite of failure. Walt Disney was fired because he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. Here's the man responsible for an empire of imaginative movies and play for children the world over, and yet he lost his job due to a lack of imagination. The lesson here is to keep moving toward that end goal, even when people fail to see the same vision. Number 3. Success or failure is dependent upon whether or not you keep at it. Babe Ruth said that every strike brings me closer to the next home run. This lesson is similar to Edison's remark about his light bulb. Like it or not, failure is the very engine of success, moving us one step closer to a successful conclusion. Of course, this also means that you have to keep going and not quit in attempting to achieve your goal. Number four, sometimes failure simply means changing direction. Love Ben and Jerry's ice cream? So do I. Now, here were a couple of guys that had completely different directions for their lives and still managed to become admirably successful. Mr Ben Cohen dropped out of college while Mr Jerry Greenfield failed to get into medical school and both managed to become and remain wildly successful. Number five, believe in yourself. Not everyone is going to get you. Elvis Presley, Lucille Ball and Carol Burnett were all told to pack it in and go home due to their astounding lack of talent. Yet, can you imagine a world without their music and humour? Success begins through believing in what you can do. Don't let other people discourage you in your path towards success. Number six, failure is a chance to learn. Henry Ford is quoted as saying, "Failure is simply the opportunity to, Failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently." Certainly, Edison would agree. You've just learned all the wrong ways towards that particular success. As as, as Edison did with his 10,000 wrong attempts, every lesson learned, every failure is a movement in the right direction. Number 7, attitude about failure can make all the difference. "Success is the ability to go from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm," said Sir Winston Churchill. England was at a great disadvantage with the advent of World War II. Here is a prime example of Tiny David against Mighty Goliath. Churchill's enthusiastic belief in England's defence was a part of the turning point for that country in the war. Courage must be your watchword in number eight. If you have made mistakes, even serious ones, there's always another chance for you. What we call failure is not the falling down, but the staying down a quote from Mary Pickford. We are all quite capable of spectacular mistakes and some of us, myself included, have made them. The key is not to allow defeat and failure to be the end all. You must continue forward. Number nine, don't give up. For every failure there's an alternative course of action. You just have to find it. When you come to a roadblock, take a detour, a quote from Mary Kay Ash. She was the founder of the very successful home business for Leading Cosmetics. Perhaps the lesson of failure is that there may be a better or a different way to achieve your goal. And number 10. Success can only grow from failure. Benjamin Disraeli, a former British Prime Minister, said, all my successes have been built on my failures. Indeed, failure is only a tipping point when one is on the road to success. Without failure, we as humans don't learn and our movement towards success is stagnated. Let failure guide you towards success instead of becoming the stopping point. I hope you enjoyed that. I very much did. And like I said, I've left the link in the podcast description if you would like to read it back for yourself. And today, I want to leave you with a wonderful clip from a really good movie, uh, The Lion King. Uh, I'm not talking about the current uh, live action one, but the original Disney cartoon. So this is a scene with Simba and Rafiki about learning from the past. I hope you enjoy it. Looks like the winds are changing.
0: Ah, change is good.
1: Yeah, but it's not easy. I know what I have to do, but
0: going back means I'll have to face my past. I've been running from it for
1: so long. Ow! Jesus, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> yeah, but it still hurts. Oh,
0: yes. The past can't hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Ah! You see? So what are you going to do? First, I'm gonna take your stick.
1: No, 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 no! Not
0: a stick! Hey! Where are you going? I'm going back.
1: Thank you for listening to the Second Success Podcast. I'm Dr. Rakish Rana, the Clear Coach.